if we all just try to change things just ever so slightly, it's not about changing the world. It's not about like throwing everything out and starting again. It, I really think that you can make so much change if you just do make something 1% better. Welcome to the HR LND podcast, where we explore cutting edge HR trends and best practices with top leaders who are shaping the future of work. My name is Nick Day, and I'm founder of JGA Recruitment Group, a specialist HR search firm. I'm also a qualified executive coach and a recognized HR thought leader listed on Thinkers360. Together, we're going to dive into topics from diversity and inclusion to technology, learning curation and employee experience to help you evolve your people and your development strategies. So whether you're a flourishing HR executive, a rising manager or a seasoned CHRO who's driving transformation, this podcast is for you. So grab your coffee and let's play. Hello and welcome back to the HR LND podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO at JGA Recruitment Group, specialist HR recruiters. And today I'm really excited because this is a special episode dedicated, of course, to International Women's Day, 8th of March, when this show will be going live. And today I'm joined by Jackie Barrett, who's co-founder of Wider Thinking. It's an award-nominated equity, diversity and inclusion platform, but Jackie is also an EDI specialist and keynote speaker. So it's an absolute pleasure to have her on the show today. To bring her into context, she previously spent 15 years working in television for the BBC before taking an extended career break when she had children because her mum was diagnosed with young onset Alzheimer's. Now, she wants to spend a few years being a multi-carer, so that's what happened. And during that experience, Jackie discovered she wants to do more work that really spoke to her about the topics she was really passionate about, topics such as sustainability, female empowerment, financial inclusion, equity, diversity, and more. It led her to set up her first uh, market or agency called Salient Future, which was focused on creating content all around those subjects. Uh, but beyond that, she was passionate about other things as well. We had a pandemic, of course, and during that time, she also set up a campaign which targeted large companies to make bulk donations of devices and tablets so that NHS patients could make video calls to loved ones. In fact, there was a hashtag there, tablets with love. Do check that out. Now, since knowing Jackie, and I do know Jackie, and I'll tell you the reasons why in just a moment, one thing has become really apparent to me, and that is she's really driven in ensuring that everybody has a voice, unmuting companies, unmuting people that work for those companies. And it's something that she learned a lot about when she was caring for her mum. And we'll find out more about that during the show. Now, these projects essentially led her to co-founding Wider Thinking. It's a program that's designed to enable organizations to scale awareness of all things EDI to all people, not just senior leadership. And the platform is inclusive. It's focused on helping people understand uh, themselves and others, equipping them with skills and the sensitivity to navigate what is sometimes quite a challenging workplace to make a full contribution. Now, for full transparency, I was so impressed when A, I met Jackie and B, when she showed me the platform, that actually we implemented it company-wide here at JJ Recruitment. So every single member of my team accesses that platform and follows the modules within the courses to give us a better understanding of inclusivity, uh, diversity, inclusion, equity, and more. And I cannot recommend it highly enough. I wanted to be transparent about that because ultimately it's what led Jackie to being on the show with me today to talk about equity and diversity and inclusion, but in particular in relation to International Women's Day. 
For those who are not familiar with International Women's Day, well, it's a global holiday celebrated annually today, the 8th of March, and it's a focal point for the women's rights movement, bringing attention to issues such as gender, equality, reproductive rights, and violence and abuse against women. So without further ado, I am absolutely delighted to welcome Jackie Barrett to the HR L&D podcast. How are you feeling today, Jackie? Hi, wow, what a brilliant introduction. Thanks so much, Nick. Um, yeah, I'm feeling good today, feeling very positive and uh, just really delighted to be here. Thank you. Fabulous, me too. Yeah, longer introduction than usual. I wanted to make sure that everyone <laughs> knew that we used the platform and basically just yeah. the level of the guests we've got on today's show, because I'm really excited to have this conversation. But I am going to start with one question I ask all of my guests, which is this. What do the words human resources mean to you? It's a good question. I mean, um, well, well, for me, it's it, it it's like you say, you don't say human resources, you say human resources because it's about people and um, resources. Well, resources could be anything. It could be materials. It could be just things. It could be money, and and it and it's not. It's it's human resources, and so fundamentally, it's about. It's about people, and when it comes to people, it's about relationships and it's about communication. So, so I guess my my whole kind of perspective of human resources is that this is just all about people. Perfect, perfect. That leads me nicely into my, my my first thing I want to ask you, really, which is I've given a, a pretty, uh, I guess, comprehensive introduction there about how I know you and, and your platform, but actually you've got a much more compelling story than I've just given. You've had a fantastic journey that's led you to being on the show with me today. I just wondered if you could bring the what makes you human, the, 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 the Jackie Barrett to the show, to the listeners, perhaps the little bit, little bit more context to your story that leads you to, to talking about International Women's Day with me on this show today. Yeah, well, you know, as as you say, you know, my background, I was at the BBC for, for quite a long time and um and it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it there. And I was working in channel management, which fund- fundamentally meant I was dealing with commissioning and scheduling and financial management across BBC one, two, and three. And it was a really creative role, which I absolutely loved. But then also there was a lot of spreadsheet action, which I also really loved. So it was kind of fulfilling every part of my brain. Um, So, yeah, I absolutely loved that. And then and then, as as you say, I had I had a huge career break and um, which meant during that time I had two children and that was with lots of IVF. But then also it coincided with my mom um, getting Alzheimer's and she was really young. She she started showing symptoms in her late 50s and was diagnosed when she was 60. And so I was I was managing a lot of complex needs across two cities because um, I'm in London and mom was in Leeds. And so, um, yeah, it was a very... Um, hectic time and obviously very emotional and and it was a time when I needed my mom but I, I actually was a parent to to my mom as well as to as well as to my two children and I guess you know I didn't realize it was only upon reflection that this thread running through my career and through my passion has been um giving a voice to people and you know mom lost her voice in in many shapes uh literally and 
metaphorically and um and I and we you know we had some very tricky experiences which um kind of basically led me to realize there's a lot of inequality when it comes to um caring for people um in without kind of going into too much detail there was a particular nursing home that was neglecting mum and we very quickly realized that and sorted it out but what what struck me was and I said to the management of that home the inequality of how older people are treated compared to younger people and if this was a nursery and you were looking after or a playgroup and you were doing some of these things to young children um it just wouldn't be uh, literally the police would be here it just wouldn't we just wouldn't accept it and and uh, and somehow it seems to be um I'm not saying it's accepted at all but it's definitely more prevalent with the vulnerability of older people and so I guess that kind of um inflamed my passion for people the importance of equality and people people having a voice um and then you know when I came out when I moved out of that chapter and became more uh, and had more capacity to 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 start my career again my creative agency specialized in building awareness of inclusion and gender empowerment and diversity diversity is that even a word new word mm-hmm. diversity and sustainability and then and then uh, and then that led on to wider thinking, which um, which uh, I, I feel really is around EBI learning with uh, with a difference, which obviously we can talk lots about. But sure, sure. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely get into that a little later in the show for sure. Yeah. One thing that actually strikes me, I don't know if you've um, ever read the book The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, but interestingly, it talks a lot about where people work in their zone of excellence. It sounds yeah. to me like the, uh, when you're at the BBC, you're clearly very, very capable, did a great job 15 years. Because when we discover our zone of genius, he calls it, which is where that passion that burns from within that leads us in a different pathway. Yeah. And I know since we've met, that's where I think you're operating now, that zone of genius, that passion, yes. that drive to make a world that is more inclusive and is unmuted. And you mentioned the word equality a couple of times in that. I wonder if you could just talk me through the main differences between equality and equity. Equity something is 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 a word we hear a lot more about now and always used to be about equality. I feel like things have moved on a little, but I wonder if you could just help us with those with the distinction between those two terms. Yeah, you know what? That's actually a really good question because because you're right. I think I think when we talk about EDI, equity, diversity, and inclusion, it actually changes interchanges from equity to equality, and then back, back to equity again. And people are kind of sometimes not really sure um, whether it is equity or equality. And I'm I'm team equity, and and I can tell you why. And it's it's actually really simple in that. Equality means that everything is the same. It means we all get the same thing. Uh, And that's great. And that works if everybody needs the same thing. Um, And so so the difference is that 
Yeah, so equality means that individuals or groups, they're given the same resources or opportunities. And it does sound, and that does sound great. But actually, it's a blanket set of solutions. And it can often fail to identify the specific needs of individuals or, or minority groups. Um, and, it, and it doesn't address deeper seated issues like underrepresentation or unique needs or an unfair status quo. And so, and so equity is very much the distribution of resources according to need. Um, and, and that's basically, you know, it, it, it's not enough if you give everybody the same thing. Yeah, does that I, it does. There's an image that I've seen. Which I, I, those visual learners who maybe either you're watching this or listening to an audio, maybe you can try and imagine this image. And it, for me, this is what brought it right into focus of where the difference is like. There was a, you may know the image, I think it's probably quite famous, I'm sure not the first see it, but there were three people trying to watch a game and there's a fence in the way. And equality is giving all three individuals of varying heights the same size box on which to stand upon to watch the game. But of course, one of those people was very tall and needed a box. One person, the box will allow them to see. And the third person, well, they had a box, but they were still too short. Now, that was an example of giving everyone the same, but they all had different needs. There is equality there, but it doesn't really solve the problem. And for me, I was like, wow, that crystallizes it for me. Now I can understand the shortest person is the tallest box. The one doesn't need one at all. You're giving everyone the same view that way. Um, In your experience, and that's probably a very simple way of doing it, but are there any real world examples that in your work that you I think I think that is actually just it's a really great visual um, to just very clearly articulate. You know, a picture tells a thousand stories, a a thousand words. Uh, And another another example or image is um, if, if you think about five identical bikes. Um, that's equality. All the bikes are exactly the same. And now you bring five different people, those bikes don't necessarily suit those people. It could be a child, a wheelchair user, somebody who wants to carry an infant, um, somebody who doesn't even want a bike, they want a unicycle or a skateboard. And And so in an equity model, everybody gets a bike that's suitable for their needs. Um, and then another great example is if you think of a fitness coach who gives um, all of his athletes exactly the same pair of trainers, that's equality. However, in an equity model, he gives everybody trainers that actually fit their different feet um, because obviously not everybody's the same size. So, sure. but yeah, no, we are surrounded by loads of examples of um equality not really being equitable and in fact one um classic example that i refer to is toilets um because historically buildings had equal floor space for men's and women's toilets that's equality equal floor space however everyone knows about the the unfairness or inequality of of those queues um, and this is because cubicles take more space than urinals, so there's often fewer of them. Periods, weak bladders from pregnancy and childbirth mean more frequent visits. Um, children are more often taken to the to the women's toilets. Uh, the elderly, who are disproportionate 
Unfortunately, women take longer and need more frequent visits. And so and so that's a really good example of how equality isn't equal. Um, and then, you know, you could look at things like um, in the media, you know, um, I think it's only about a fifth of women write front page newspaper articles. And so representation in media about, you know, who is seen, how events are framed, what news is worthy, um, are all huge issues. And horrifically, just recently, we've seen yet again, very starkly, the news industry not treating women arguably the same way that they would cover men. And so so that is a another reflection of of how um how it reflects and further cements the inequities of power and privilege um based on gender hierarchies really which are sure. deeply ingrained in our society but actually turning on a more positive note a real world example um that i think we can all relate to um that's a really great example of an equitable organization is schools because if you think Equality is everybody is treated exactly the same way, regardless of needs or any other individual yeah. difference. Um, and equity is that everybody's given what they need to succeed. Well, generally speaking, in a school, most children get a similar education. Uh, and we see in a classroom, in the same classroom, accommodations being made for children of various levels of, of, of ability. So they can all thrive and function as one class, as one team going forward with a united goal. That goal isn't necessarily getting the same grade, but it's the, it's a goal of education and learning and development. Um, and, and we see children who are identified with specific needs getting additional support within this organisation. So, for example, some children might get a little bit of one-to-one time or they might get there might be a breakaway of a smaller group with a smaller group session and there's SEN help there are homework clubs there um for, for children who have maybe don't have um, a quiet place at home um there kind of some schools provide sensory rooms there's the the library there are breakfast and after school clubs um that may provide for example extra maths in the lead up to exam time um Music clubs and sports clubs give op- children the opportunities to to thrive in subjects that appeal to them. You know, if it's choirs or an orchestra or squads or anything like that, you could argue almost um, you know, children getting um, free school meals. I mean, not enough, arguably, but but that's a different discussion. But but um, you know, we see the children who arguably need school meals get to, getting them. Um, like I said, sounds I, like. A- Businesses could learn a lot by following. Hopefully, yeah. They're also much more in in, in tune with things like neurodiversity um, and things like that as well when it comes to the school-based environment. I think it's interesting. In my introduction, I mentioned that, um, you know, International Women's Day is bringing attention to issues such as gender equality. So do you think that I should, you know, now that actually it's not about gender equality, we should be talking in in the context of of International Women's Day, gender equity, or or are both terms still relevant or do we need to upgrade one to another well yeah i think equality and equity are two sides of the same coin um and i think 
a workplace can't be truly fair and inclusive unless both are present. And sure. workplace shouldn't just be diverse. It's obviously got to be more inclusive. And I think, and I think, you know, we I think we find that if a company has done its its groundwork around equality, that it's part of their culture, equity is most likely already present, but not necessarily. We've got to, you know, we've still got to kind of do some checks to make sure that that we haven't got any blind spots and that we haven't got any groupthink. Um, and and you know, and that's that's the that's the ultimate goal. Um, and it's a lot, and it, it can be a long process. Yeah. So, so for those that are listening to this, you know, we have a lot of HR leaders listen to this, but a lot of business owners as well that want to get up to speed with HR strategy, make sure they're doing things right. What what can they do? What can we do to try and improve? workplace um inclusivity workplace equity um yeah. diversity what, what what are some um i, I don't know some yeah. round rules? what's the platform we need to begin from to, so that we can start to flourish in those terms yeah well i think i think the first thing that we that we have to do is um understand and, and pr- promote the whole concept it comes down to awareness first of all yeah um, because we can't do anything unless we know what we're doing or we know what we're talking about. And I think um, just understanding about equity is 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 most certainly a, a, a brilliant first step. Um, and I think and I think you know it's understanding for, for everybody in an organisation to understand um, and and have this awareness because because otherwise it's not inclusive. And I feel really passionate about that about everybody getting access to 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 this awareness and understanding because <clears throat> excuse me we find in in some organizations whether it's due to budget or logistics that um certain levels of awareness and learning are, are quite exclusive for senior leadership and and like i said that's just not inclusive everybody from the post person the receptionist to the ceo should understand what is equality and and what is equity and what is diversity and what is inclusion and what is belonging and what are blind spots you know everybody should know about it so i think i think that's that's the first step in kind of bringing everybody along on that on that on that journey and 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 fostering a, a workplace to that that has um that recognizes this reality and that and that cultivates a safe environment so that allows everybody to have discussions and understanding. Um, and then there are so many more areas which which I can talk about. Shall I just keep talking? Because uh, yeah, there's so well, many things in the workplace. It's clearly a collective responsibility. It only takes yeah. one person who perhaps who doesn't understand it and it actually yeah. all have all the best intentions, but it can fall down. And I, I wonder, I guess my question here is, how many business leaders, or, or actually it doesn't really matter, but how many people do you think are fully aware of what equity really means? Because I know certainly before we started working with your platform, um, Jackie, yeah. in, in our business, I would like to think everybody knew the differences, but actually the feedback tells us that they didn't. And it's, yeah. But it's been a real um, light bulb moment for them. It hasn't been any, any you know, no blame uh, proportion the fact you didn't know the difference in equity and equality what it's actually done is really as you said games uh, help with people's awareness to yeah. then understand the, the, the nuances the differences and i'm a big believer that awareness leads to insight insight leads to action and we're all yeah. trying to make change in our business to be more equitable as a result but do yeah. you think equity isn't is a term that's fully understood in the wider business world 
No, I really, I really don't think it is. I, I think, you know, it, to a certain degree, I think that is one of the harder aspects for people to really understand. I think, I think it, there are very few people that actually really know what it means. And, and I think actually just kind of pulling it back a little bit, if you go to something such as diversity, I think most people think that they, oh yeah, I know what diversity is, but actually, I have realized in all the work that I'm doing that even that lots of people don't really know what diversity is um, in, in that people think, well, this is, uh, this is about gender or ethnicity, isn't it? Um, and, and, you know, as you know, from going on our platform, it's so much more than that. It's so much broader than that. And it's so much deeper than that. And so I think, you know, just with the word diversity, which most people seem to think that they know, we realise a lot of people don't um, because we look at socioeconomic status, neurodiversity, visible, invisible disabilities. It's much, much broader and deeper. And um, and so and so when you go over to equity, I think there are even fewer people that really understand what that is. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of work to be done in terms of raising that awareness and understanding and encouraging those those conversations, because it's OK to not know, you know, sure. no, nobody. Yeah. yeah. That's what I say to my children about them going to school. If they're a little bit nervous about something, it's I say that it's okay to not know. That's that's what the school is for. It's no good turning up knowing everything. Nobody knows everything. We're all again links back learning. It links back to your point earlier, though, of having a psych- creating a psychologically safe environment for people to feel yeah. like it's okay to say that I don't know and not yeah. feel judgment for doing that. Interestingly, yeah. I mentioned on the diversity question um, point that you raised there about. Do we really understand what diversity is? I've just released, for those who haven't listened to it, an episode on the 3rd of March for World Hearing Day. And that's an area there with Nicole Benny that I recorded with. It was really talking about, you know, an overlooked area there where 12% of the population suffer from hard of hearing at some point in their career. And are we being inclusive for that community? You know, that still forms part of our diversity program. And it was a really... um, I guess it raised a lot of awareness in me and something I didn't know much about at all. And it's been, you know, we're always learning about how yeah. we can improve and we want to be more inclusive. You talked a lot about there about how we we need to raise the awareness. So how do we measure that as business units? What can we do to ensure that, you know, we're measuring not just diversity, but inclusion, equity, all these different things. And what can we do with those measurements to to help enable us to become better? Well, I mean, measurement and data and quotas and targets i mean i'm a total nerd about all of this and i, I guess you might with your spreadsheet example at the start <laughs> yeah. you love the spreadsheet yeah yeah exactly and um, well i i just feel all of that distills down to accountability uh, measurement is accountability and i think you if you can't measure things, then then you can't change it. Um, and we need to have a real understanding of the, the statistics and some statistical evidence so that that can help drive policy change, uh, a real understanding of where the strengths and weaknesses are within your organisation. Um, and all of that will, will help 
dismantle the the, the structures that um, that need dismantling within your organisation. But also, really importantly, what it does is when when you do your EDI measurement, it's about mapping where you are today. Um, and it's not something to make people feel bad about. It's not something to be, um, I don't know, ashamed or it, it, because you come to it with a little bit of humility and openness and, and acknowledging that we're here to learn and we're here on a journey. And this is this is the start of the journey. And so with your measurement around EDI, it's, it, it's looking at um, mapping where you are today so that you can evaluate how far you've come tomorrow and that you can so you can look at where you're if you kind of want to look at budgets you can or or energy just time and money you can look at where you need to focus your your time and your money um tomorrow and and so yeah i'm a real passionate believer about it, it, in kind of data and measurement and and accountability I love the uh, the quote that comes to mind there. What got you here won't get you there. And it's, yeah. it's the idea that this is a continual journey. It's not about yeah. the destination, right? There's always going to be something that we can do, I think, to, to, to improve and enhance yeah. you know, how inclusive we are as a business, you know, how diverse we are, whether we, we are being equitable across the board. There's always some area that I think can be improved and it's understanding it's a journey all the time. What can we do and always try yeah. and close marginal games of improvement along the way. Totally. And it and it just and it just gives the decision makers um guidance and understanding and evidence of what's working, what's not working, where yeah. where, where we need to, where we need to focus our energy. It's just, you know, you can otherwise you're just kind of guessing and fumbling around and and why do that when you can actually like just just get that that do that groundwork for first of all to to help you on that journey. I think I think a lot of organisations are a bit, maybe a little bit apprehensive about doing that because it, it might feel like, well, we're not going to look really good when we start, like you know, pulling the numbers in and realising. But but that it, it isn't about that. It isn't about kind of. Um, I passionately believe it isn't about making people feel bad. It's about just coming to it with uh, with an openness of yeah. okay, look, we this is where we are now. It's not great. We're going to work on this. Let's go. Let's let's start working out our strategies and and our policies and and what are we going to do about it? Um, it's been solutions focused, isn't it? It's not about saying yeah. you know not about what we don't do well. It's about what can we do better yeah. and having yeah. that mindset. Too. Exactly. Exactly. So, Bring this into context for International Women's Day today. Uh, it's a celebration, of course, as well as it is a, a, a day for raising awareness. Perfect world, whether it's this year or, or into the next, uh, Jackie. What would you like International Women's Day to really achieve for for not just women, but 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 for businesses and for society? And, and it, it's bigger than that in terms of raising awareness. Ideal world for you. What would you like International Women's Day to really do for women and 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 achieve as a as a as a bigger yeah. Project? Well, I, 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 you know, as you as you can you can tell, I'm really passionate about awareness. I'm really passionate about uh, measurement. I want in an ideal world, everybody else would agree. Um, and then, ideally, we would have uh, pay equity, not just pay equality, but sure. 
equity and that's a key difference because uh, we know that there's a gender pay gap but also there is an equity pay gap and by that I mean um, you may be paying everybody who does a similar job equally but actually stepping back and, and looking at who are the high earners with more authority uh, you know are you bringing your diversity into low earners and low authority and, and if so that's not equitable so um you know in an ideal world we would all be addressing pay equity uh, wage equity and i think um yeah, in an ideal world, everybody would be an ally. Everybody would, everybody would have a really clear understanding of, for example, what allyship is. And everybody would feel able to use their voice, whether that's being an ally, being a champion, and um, being an advocate. If it's, if, yeah, everybody um, is capable of, using their voice and I kind of you know in that respect and and people are aware of privilege and I don't mean and again this isn't a negative thing most people have some privilege um and and it's about helping use that as an as an ally to uh, to help others um you know when we you know the famous clip of Andy Murray um correcting the interviewer when um he had to remind him of his casual sexism when he referred to when he was referring to only male players and then and I don't think enough was made of Harry Styles at the Brits just recently he recognized his privilege when he got up there for best album it was noted that all nominees were male and yet there were about at least five other nominees who were who could have been nominated. Sorry, they weren't nominated, but they qualified under the remit of how you get qualified. Uh, who were all who were all female, um, and Harry Styles did a shout out with his award and said, "This is for you." And he listed them, and and it's quite interesting. There wasn't like that wasn't a big deal. Uh, a big deal wasn't made out of. That and I thought that's brilliant. That's what we want. Like everybody recognizing and 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 speaking up a little bit. Um, and I think also in an ideal world, I'm a real passionate believer of thinking small, which sounds a bit weird. But um, like if we all take, if we all just try to change things just ever so slightly, it's not about changing the world. It's not about like throwing everything out and starting again it I really think that you can make so much change if you just do make something one percent better and um and if everybody just thought about how could we tweak this then making millions of things one percent better just makes a massive massive change and those little ripples can really become quite significant so I think it's about kind of thinking in in kind of modest basic ways rather than um working out how to change the world um I, yeah I'm quite I'm quite kind of a passionate believer in thinking yeah. I love that I'm, <laughs> yeah. a, I'm a massive fan of the theory of marginal gains anyway I mentioned it yeah. earlier on the show and it's um, you're absolutely right those marginal gains add up over time yeah. those one percent add up what I really loved and what, what um or two things one is 
how your body language, the energy that came through, just just seeing your face change when I asked you about what you know in such a Women's Day could mean, and I could see the energy and the passion come through. I just love seeing that as a as a something I noticed, but. One, one thing that resonated with me was you highlighting that, of course, International Women's Day doesn't mean it has to be women that are raising this awareness. Anyone could be a mouthpiece for raising awareness. Anyone can be a catalyst for change. We it, it is it needs a united front, right? And shows like this are doing that. And well done, Harry Styles. And there's a great example you gave there. And absolutely right. And hopefully, you know, we can we'll be celebrating International Women's Day in the future more as a celebration where we are able to genuinely celebrate. Uh, equity rather than try and you know push for it as we are at the moment because it's not quite there yet and we've got a long long way to go yeah. um bringing that back into context then and i know you've already got this from the introduction for those that heard it i'm a huge advocate of wider thinking it's a platform that we've introduced into our business it's had great results we get to get surveyed back and when people are are speaking very positively about the platform internally so it's rare i have a guest where actually the product I've actually bought in and used and implemented my own business. But what if you could just bring the wider thinking concepts and platform to the fore, just let our listeners know a little bit more about it, what your aims and objectives are for it and how it's a little bit different because it is a little bit different to other things I've seen in the market. Oh, that's great to hear that. Uh, well, such positive, energetic vibes from you about the whole thing, which is wonderful because um, no, I really appreciate that because we're all still learning and and we all want feedback. And, um, you know, um, a lot, a lot of work has gone into wider thinking. And um, so it is really lovely to hear such, such positive words about it. So first of all, thank you. That That is really, really appreciated. So, um, well, what is it? And why is it different? So it's it's essentially an e-learning platform. Um, and because my background was at the BBC and we inform, entertain and educate, I feel quite strongly that those things are not mutually exclusive, that um, you can inform and educate at the same time as being entertaining. And so this is what we wanted to do with um, with this awareness platform, because, um, yeah, we, we just wanted to make it more interesting and engaging. And so and so what we have done is built in all concepts of uh, and topics uh, around equity, diversity, inclusion, belonging and so much more and we don't necessarily break it down into which as you know we don't necessarily break it down into and this is about gender and this is about ethnicity and this is it's more a holistic approach and then how all those different uh, minority groups and protected characteristics kind of weave in to to all of those those topics such as allyship and intersectionality and privilege and and, and so much more and, and and then in terms of the content we've made it i, I think uh, very engaging because what we what we did we we brought in um a lot of education psychologists to properly understand not just um how people learn, but how people enjoy learning and how people retain 
that information. And so we've built that into many elements of it. Uh, for example, it's it's a blended experience. So you you read some things, you watch some things, you interact with some things. Um, it's all in bite-sized chunks of learning. And so you know exactly where you are in the process. And yeah. um, you know, you can see that this little module, oh, it's only five minutes, I can do that in my coffee break. So it's not overwhelming. It's also not a one-off um experience because we also found that if you just do for example a a one-off afternoon or or a one-off module or just a one-off experience you've got a very heightened experience heightened awareness as soon as that finishes but like it just plummets if you think about like uh two weeks later six weeks later six months later it's just fallen out of your brain by the wayside whereas what we have done is we have um along with the bite-sized chunks of learning we purposely want people to go through it slowly and we purposely have built in pauses so that people can go away allow it to percolate have some self-reflection um maybe have some discussions and then and then have a bit of breathing space and then come back to it and have a bit of a recap and then continue your journey we don't want people to just kind of rattle through it in 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 a day or a week i mean people you've got got a cracking research team haven't you that contributed to to doing it you know this your the research and the work that's gone into it's been phenomenal my favorite bit of the courses are the tedx talks that you link Yes. I love those because they're so specifically relevant to the topic you're talking about yes. and hearing the experts and Brenny Brown, whoever it is, talking about inclusivity and videos perhaps I may not have found against you going yes. to YouTube and you're swamped. Yeah, and was, snippet. Yeah. yeah, I can tell you, like, we, to cur- curate those few TED Talks, oh my goodness, so we watched hundreds of years <laughs> we didn't want it to be there just for the sake of like filling you know bulking sure. something out it had to have a purpose and it had to be relevant and and good and um you know um yeah so that's really good to hear that that you appreciate those as well because there was a there was a lot of uh, work going into curating those and it was well worth it because i think they're absolutely spot on with the messages yeah. that that we're trying to get across. And yeah, a whole, we had a whole team, you know, user experience, education, specialists, subject matter experts. We also trialed it with a global organization to make sure that even if people have, um, if English is their second language, that people could understand it and navigate it. We've purposely made it not UK centric because this is a this is a global issue. So that if organisations have an office in Germany or the US or Australia, that it's it's not just all about the UK. And um, yeah, and we we've purposely made it so that it's very accessible to to people with various needs um so so yeah a lot a lot of different elements which actually comes back to the point about how how diversity does bring better innovation better creativity better productivity and that's exactly what you know we we walked the walk we talked that talk because we brought in a huge varied team of um skills to build this platform to roll it out to trial it and um and now we have this this wonderful product but we don't rest on our laurels we're all continuously learning and and we keep updating it with you know any new studies that come out or so you know it, it's 
it's a continuous evolution for for organisations. Yeah. So that it's you know it's it's on point. And then and then primarily as well, we going back to my nerdiness about data, the anonymous surveys that we have um, built into the platform. I um, these I think are are. are really really vital in terms of going back to my whole points earlier about the importance of data but what we find really interesting is because we are an independent third party and we're fully GDPR and everything but we just add an extra level of anonymity and confidentiality for employees because we know that you can have internal surveys and they're anonymous, but people can still be quite apprehensive about revealing yeah. certain things, depending on the culture of that organization. You know, there are a lot of people who do not um who do not disclose, for example, that they are dyslexic or that they're ADHD or that they're trans or even if they're gay or there are so many elements about us that we do not disclose at work and therefore we mask and we code switch. And so our anonymous surveys, because we're just the extra level removed, people feel slightly safer to to talk to us about it and to, to tell us exactly who they are and what they think. And what we find is when we produce this report and we give it back to an organisation and this report is, this is who your people really are and this is what they really think, it can be quite surprising because many organisations actually discover that they're more diverse than they thought. Um, It's just that people are masking it or co-switching at work, which I think is really, really interesting. as, as a business owner, well, obviously we've I've had access to some of those reports already, and it, it is it's, it's that awareness that creates awareness for us to be able to take actions. Um, I'm really yeah. proud here at JJ Recruitment. We've been um, we're listed this year as a great place to work, particularly for well-being, and that was a really good accolade for us. But it's on the back of that awareness that leads us to be able to create actions that hopefully improve the conditions we have at work, the, the way you know our diversity, our inclusion, making making work more equitable for everybody as well. So certainly, wider thinking's had a part to play in in that award for us. So I, I am um, passionate about it. It's been brilliant. Yeah. For those of you who want to find out more, it's uh, widerthinking.com. You can also find out about the people that have been behind the curation of the platform. So the researchers that Jackie's talked about, take a look at it. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes uh, so you can access that straight away just through the through this episode. But it really is a learning platform that helps people to understand behaviours and gives you data that really help inspire future action. So it's a, it's a platform that's been great for us. So it leaves me just one more question, Jackie, before we close the show, which is... International Women's Day. Obviously, we're recording this in advance of the actual day, but hopefully it's going out today on the 8th of March. What will you be doing or what are you doing uh, to celebrate International Women's Day? Well, I, um, I'm i doing a couple of more podcasts, so pre-recorded like this one. But on the day itself, I am going to be the keynote speaker for Metro Bank, which is which is fantastic. I'm really excited about that. I'm really looking forward to um, hanging out with the whole of Metro Bank. And so I will be giving a keynote speech around Embrace Equity. I'm pretty much talking about all of the stuff that we've just talked about today. Um, And then I'll be on a panel with, um, I think, three people from Metro Bank. I'm the only external person. And we'll have a a discussion and bring Q&As in from the 
from the from the whole of the bank. So so that's really excited. I'm really looking forward to that. So that's my super. That's, yeah, fantastic. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the HLND podcast, talking about International Women's Day, celebrating it, raising awareness embracing equity which is really really important hopefully now people are leaving the show with a really clear understanding of the differences between or both are important of course but equality and equity and hopefully with some insights and in how they can use some of the learnings today and implement them into their organizations to create a more diverse equitable workplace more inclusive workplace more psychological safety for people that yeah. work within those workplaces to yeah. raise their voices become unmuted and create better well-being and work life um, or working uh, conditions for everybody as a result. So thank you ever so much for joining me today on the show. And of course, if you are an HR LND professional leading to the show and need support with an HR related vacancy, please do get in touch with myself or any of my wonderful team at jjrecruitment.com. A link will be in the show notes. It just leaves me to give you all the, my best wishes for International Women's Day collaboratively, collectively, hopefully we can all work together, as you mentioned in today's show, to make a better future for all. Jackie Barrett, thank you ever so much. An absolute pleasure. Thank you. It's all about getting everybody to thrive, which is our ultimate quest. Thank you ever so much for speaking to me today, Nick. It's been a pleasure. Mine too. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks, Jackie. That's it for today's episode of the HR L&D podcast. I hope you found this discussion informative and thought-provoking and that it gave you actionable insights to help you drive your HR agenda forward. Please remember to subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode. And I'd also love to hear from you. So if you enjoyed this show, please do leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback helps me to ensure I can continue to bring you the topics and guests that matter most to you. Oh, and don't forget to share this show with your colleagues and fellow HR leaders as well. The more we spread the word, the more we can grow our community of HR professionals who I know are all as dedicated to driving the future of work forward as I am. Thanks, of course, for tuning in. My name is Nick Gay. Please do look me up on LinkedIn and send me a connection request. It would be great to get connected. In the meantime, I look forward to bringing you the next episode of the HR L&D podcast real soon.